1: I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Ash London podcast. What's this podcast all about? Well, like life, I'm figuring it out as I go. It'll grow and evolve as I do and as you do hopefully. I want to figure out how to keep living my best life even when it feels like the world is imploding. It'll be a little bit messy emotional, confronting, and hopefully we'll be able to laugh about it along the way. I'm dedicating season one to my current season of life. It's called New Mum, Who Dis? And I'm chatting to some incredible women who chose to become mums at the peak of their career. We've announced the winner of our huge memo 10K download giveaway over on my socials at ash underscore London. But if you didn't win, there's still some good news. You can use the code ashlondon10 for 10% off store-wide all week. That excludes snoo and gift cards. Get around it. There is so much good stuff on the website. Um, It's really also really good for gifts because I remember before I had a baby, I had no idea what to get people that had a kid. But this has cool presents, so have fun. This week, we have a guest who is very, very special to me personally. I guess you could call her my pregnancy fairy godmother. For those that know my career background, I've been in music media for kind of like the past 10 years. And in that time, I'll be honest, I didn't come across many mamas. Certainly not many artists who were also mamas. Enter KLP, aka Christy Lee Peters. Singer, songwriter, producer, DJ and mama of Sienna and Montessa. KLP was six or so months ahead of me, I think, during her second pregnancy, and she honestly became my human what-to-expect-when-you're-expecting text line. She encouraged me, supported me, answered my questions, and generally gave me hope that I could still be cool after I gave birth. She, as well as being a DJ and a producer, also forms half of Diver City, alongside Matt O'Kine, making sick kids' beats. I highly recommend, if you're a parent, get around it. And I'm not sure many people were nominated for Best Dance Release and Best Kids Release, the Arias, in the same year. She's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. Please welcome KLP. Welcome to the Ash London podcast, or as the sign behind me says, Ashlong podcast.
0: <laughs> Good to have you here. Oh, I can't believe I read it like that.
1: Oh, I'm obviously just, you know, deliriously tired and reading things, yeah. Well, you are the newest, well, even though it's your second, you are still the closest to birth um, guest that we've had on the podcast so far. So oh. you are allowed to be a bit out of it. That's totally allowed.
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a journey being... Um, in the thick of it, those first few months. But the funny thing was, second time around, my baby was such a good sleeper. But Sienna, my eldest daughter, started waking up, and you know, I think there were so many big changes for her mm. having a sister, and then you know, having a sister get moved into her room, oh. and so it was so unfair because we were like, okay, baby's sleeping well,
1: toddlers now not sleeping well, and we're like, how can we just get both of these right? So yeah, You're doing good. I do need to tell everyone listening that for me and my best friend, Violet, you were like our go-to kind of fairy godmother when it came to pregnancy. Like you were so good to us. If ever we had a question, you were like the 24 hour help desk. So thank you so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My
0: pleasure. I think Veronica Milson was the first person that when I was pregnant, she was like my go-to. And then she wrote up this little document at the end and she was like, just spread it around, you know, whoever you want to give this to, this is what I did. And so I kind of did it. I need to update it actually with pregnancy number two, but you know, you kind of need to just pass it around. And once you've had a kid, you just know, I don't know, it's like this secret club Mm. and you can just talk to other mums and, they get
1: it, yeah, you know, they just so truly true. get it. That's so yeah. True. Well, for everybody listening, tell us about the little humans that made you a mum. Well,
0: I have Sienna, who is now two years, eight months going on. 21 or something so much sass it's incredible um and then I have Montessa little Monty who is almost five months and is just such a chiller completely different little human so smiley um Feeding well, sleeping well, just such a chiller. And I think that's because she's constantly got her big sister coming up to her and going, ah, <laughs> in, her, in her face. It was funny the other day because we would always go up to Monty and be like, oh, little chubby cheeks. And I turned around and Sienna's there doing this to Monty. And I was like, Sienna, no. And she was like, I'm doing the chubba, Mom. The chubba. I'm doing- the chubber, which she sees us
1: so <laughs> doing. Cute.
0: So, yeah, so Damn. they're very full on. Um, so, so much energy from a toddler.
1: You're really like tackling the two big ones at once, the merging toddler and the newborn. That's a lot, babe.
0: Yeah, and I think for a lot of people it's roughly that age gap. Yeah. Um, I think maybe after two years you forget the trauma from those first few months <laughs> of having a baby and the birth.
1: And so you're like, it yeah, was great. I want to do it again. Uh, <laughs> well, you have to, otherwise uh, the world would never, you know, we'd never yeah. keep procreating. You have to forget. I already am forgetting that yeah. first week that is just like hell. And I'm it's already pr- like, oh, but he's so cute.
0: Yeah, it's pretty traumatic. But, um, yeah, there are so many things that are easier about second time around because you're less – anxious um I remember with Sienna you know she'd get like a little red spot because their skin is constantly you know covered in little rashes they're
1: now googling all the spots and rashes.
0: if only I could save my google history there should be some kind of funny book that's made for mothers that's just like a printout of their google history over those first few months but second time around you're like ah that's fine you're just not you're not as anxious about that but I was so tired mm. because you've got the toddler um, and then we're in lockdown too, which in a way, I don't know if you've felt this too, it took the pressure off
1: of yeah. having to do things. Totally. Um, we can just stay home being in lockdown. us and that's okay.
0: It was kind of nice and also it meant that Nick and I were both around um, you know 24 yeah. 7 like neither of us were traveling for work or anything yeah. which you know in one part we hated yeah exactly. yeah yeah we wanted to have the option to do it but there was something nice to just have that pressure taken off yeah um and just enjoy it
1: well you and nick um to kind of rewind a bit are both musicians and yeah. traditionally i mean i've been in the industry maybe 10 years you've been in a lot longer pretty much your whole life let's be honest <laughs> Um, there aren't a lot of kind of, and it's, it's changing now. And I think we have like the Kylie Jenners of the world to thank because they kind of made, I don't know, an Instagram having a kid cool, but for the most part, there aren't a lot of people kind of our age in the music industry having kids and you you definitely (laughs) kind of like, like the cool mom that I looked up to, but there aren't a lot of cool moms to look up to. So given that you're both musicians and it is kind of a crazy life, talk to me about when you guys kind of met and got serious and started, I don't know, like we all dream and plan and talk about the life we want to have with the person we love. So what did that look like for you guys? Well,
0: we met through DJing um, and he's, partner in his band Setmo is a guy called Stu and I was actually really good mates with um Stu when Nick and I got together I think Stu was there just going oh my god it's like two of my best friends this is not going to end well but I mean we've been together coming up on 10 years now Mm -hmm. um I remember when I hit 30 I kind of like pulled him aside and was like I want to have kids definitely in my life. I've always wanted to be a mom. I've always thought, however it happens, I'll, you know, be a mom somehow. And I remember kind of pulling him aside and just being like, don't fuck me around. This is what (laughs) I want to do. Are you on this trip or are you not? And he kind of went away and thought, and then he came back and he was like, let's do it now. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I mean, the good thing is Nick always wanted to be a dad too. And he is like, such a good dad we do things 50 50 and by 50 yeah. 50 I mean 50 50 and to the point where sometimes he's like it doesn't have to be tit for tat and I'm like yes it does oh, yeah. and you know <laughs> but it's just it's just the way we work it but yeah it was something that just happened really um naturally and we kind of you know planned it had a little bit of a timeline um in place of when we wanted to you know try and go for it and, you know, start trying to have a baby. Um, but it is really daunting. The fact that I am a musician, you talk about, you know, there aren't many people um, to look up to doing it. I was so nervous telling, I don't know if you mm. felt the same way, like so nervous telling people that I was pregnant first time around, because I mean, I think whatever industry you're in, you have this crazy identity crisis once you're pregnant and then very much so once you've given birth because you give so much to the child and Mm -hmm. then you're also left there going like, who am I now? Am I going to be relevant? Can I play a show now? Are people going to want to come and see me? But it was really nice to have heaps of support. I remember getting loads of support from people so much so that like I went to play a show and I DJed all the way up until I was like nine months Pregnant, but I turned up to this one show and this promoter had sneakers for, um, you know, my unborn child and just those little things like that. Or the first time I returned to a show after giving birth, and I was so nervous, like, oh God, what what are these, you know, young kids going to think of me? I'm a Mm -hmm. mum now, and just going out on stage and having people still, you know, support me and and still, you know, be accepted was. Mm was just so nice and then even to touch on it more this second pregnancy I decided I wanted to talk about it even more because the first time I was kind of like how much do I want to talk about it how much do I want to you know lean into the whole mum thing and second time I was like well fuck it no I want to talk about this because every time I do people seem to really like it and I pride myself on being pretty genuine and open and I can't hide it. I'm pregnant. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> I love that you did that. And there was, you know, there was yeah. footage of you throwing up in the kitchen sink. And I remember being like, <laughs> fuck yeah, like, good on you. Cause it's not glamorous, but yeah. you know, you've also chosen a career that kind of requires a certain amount of glamorization. So good on you yeah. for kind of, you know, fighting against that. Oh, and I know when I went to do it, there were people around me
0: that were kind of like, Oh, I don't know if you should. Yeah. Of it's course. gonna dilute the message or it might alienate some, you know, music fans or yeah, some people sexy. from different things. And I was like, you know what? This is the most relatable I can be to people. Yeah. And if anything, it should be seen as a fucking cool thing to some promoter yeah. that I can still make music, I can still do that and I'm a mum. Mm. So I was kind of like if you don't agree with that then you're not the right people to be working with me and that's all I would get asked about in interviews mm. and things. And Nick would get asked about his music. Yeah. And it would for me it would be like are you taking time off? Are you doing this where he would never get asked are you taking time off? Yeah. You know, and we it's- don't have the idea of a working
1: dad. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. no one would refer to Adrian as a working dad. And we're exactly the same. It is really 50-50 in this whole parenting thing. Mm. You know, like if, if he had boobs, then, you know, <laughs> you know, he's, <laughs> he's doing a lot. And um, yeah. no one's kind of questioning it. And the fact that they're like we, working moms is a term we throw around so much, but I've never really heard anyone referred to as a working dad. It's, it is kind yeah. of, it's so crazy to me. Yeah,
0: I went through these stages while being pregnant and it it flares up every now and again where I was just so angry at the imbalance and, like, angry at Mother Nature and, like, like, angry at men. I remember first pregnancy around this, it was so vivid. I was walking through the park and, you know, I did heaps of walking, trying to stay fit. And I remember walking through the park and every man I would see walking past me, I would just be thinking, you will never understand. (laughs) And then every woman that would walk past me, these are the hormones going crazy, every woman that would walk past me and especially mum, I would just be like,
1: I want to hug her. (laughs) (laughs) I was exactly the same. Like Uh, things that didn't annoy me or weren't super obvious to me before all of a sudden became so like clear and the imbalance and the inequality became so obvious to me and I would just get angry which yeah, I never did before. Yeah. Like I knew it, but I was like, yeah, that's life. But now I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was really hard to kind of work, work through that. And I'm very lucky that I do have a partner that is, mm. you know, great. And whenever I challenge him on things or, you know, kind of ask, ask for more and say, no, this is what we agreed to 50, yeah. 50. He always steps up but I think it's really hard for women to ask
1: it's so true. and to give
0: yourself permission because there's a hell
1: of a lot of mum guilt oh my um God. which the men and, would just never get like no yeah, it's not their yeah. fault we're just inbuilt in us is I mean the, the societal expectations but also the hormones mm. that really make oh, you yeah. a crazy person
0: yeah oh they just they just totally do so I really struggled with that first time around this time it's been a lot easier. I think also just because I know he's a great dad and so I just know that he's got it and I'll be like, you'll be right.
1: Mm, (laughs) You'll figure
0: it out. Whereas first time you're so nervous, but we split things totally 50 50 and we have a calendar that we look over constantly and we're trying to be really diligent with making sure we have time as a couple but then also having a time to like go out by myself with friends or him go out and but it's a lot it's a constant juggling
1: act you mentioned doing gigs up until kind of nine months and I will never forget the photos of you heavily pregnant dressed (laughs) up like djing at a huge ass pre-covid so it was like proper sweaty you must be pretty proud of yourself when you look at that and go, A, I look hot, but B, I did it. Like most people's pregnancy photos are them like in a field of daisies with like a sheet on them or whatever. And yours yeah, are yeah. like in fluorescent like short shorts <laughs> with like decks and like, you know, a thousand sweaty people in front of you. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it was and honestly, it was easier than I thought it would be because performing or entertaining in any level is kind of my happy place you know where you go and you're just like so present and in the moment you know it's one of those things that I just go and forget about the time and so I could be rocking up to a gig feeling so heavy and pregnant and Mm. uncomfortable but then I'd get behind the decks and I would move and I would be like oh suddenly jump around (laughs) um and I'd I'd get off the stage and be like oh god again but it I think it kept me fit and I just needed it for my body but then psychologically as well to be doing something that would kind of take me out of that and something that was about me and not about the
1: baby that's my podcast that's exactly why I'm doing this is to have two, three hours a week where I just feel like I'm my old self again. And I can hear Buddy crying right now. He's obviously unhappy, but, you know, he'll be fine with Dad. But no part of me is now like, oh, I'm a crap mom. I need to go and hug my kid. It's like, well, no, this is I'm doing me and Adrian's fine. This actually makes me feel alive and like myself. And like not all of me has been taken over by this baby, which is okay for some people. But for me, I need to do this.
0: Yeah, and did you have people? Because when I was doing that, people would be like,
1: "Make sure you just take time to." And I was like, "No, no, no! Make yeah. sure I do this for me." <laughs> There's no expectation that you go back to work. Yeah. You're allowed to have time off. But for me, and this, I, no, I think that would have made me a different yeah. person. So I'm glad I got. To when
0: I saw this you thing. launch the podcast, I was like, "I wonder if she's recorded this or if she's going to do this like once she's given birth." And then I saw you're doing it, and I was like.
1: Yes, I love it. That's so good. First of all, it was supposed to only be 10 episodes, but it's gone so well that we're going to do more. But originally it was five before I gave birth and five after. And I was working kind of two weeks ahead, you know, and then I went and then I had to have the baby early. So three episodes in the baby came and then I was like, I'm out of whack now because I'm going to be in hospital for five days and then I'm probably not going to want to record any like as soon as I get out. So it kind of put me out, but... You know, four days after getting home I, you know, interviewed Jamila and to me that was like it was magic for me. I needed it. It just kind of got me back. Yeah, yeah. She back, baby, she back.
0: Oh, I love it. It's honestly so inspiring to see. I
1: just love, love seeing Well, you inspired me and I'm not just saying that to talk shit, but honestly you were the kind of because you were so publicly doing it and being a mum but also following your passion you were charting you know you're still making music I was like well it is possible because sometimes we just need to see someone do it and as soon mm. as you see that you go okay well you know my version of that is possible
0: yeah no absolutely I remember Anna Luna was the first person that I yeah. saw that was kind of like you know a DJ and when she you know, announce her pregnancy. That was, it was the same thing for me. I was like, oh, it's possible, you know? And the amount of people that hit me up as well saying, you know, oh, so cool to see. I've always thought I'd never be able to have kids and keep this career and, you so know, great. it's possible. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: And then it kind of spawned something completely different for you, um, teaming up with Maddow Kine with Diver City, which is very, very cool. Tell me about how that kind of started because it's one of those cool things that obviously you never would have done had you not become a mum.
0: Yeah, well, I've always wanted to do kids' music and I'm so glad that the internet didn't exist (laughs) Like when I was a kid, because the wild stuff that I have done, um, (laughs) including, um, shopping center shows for kids. So when I was a teenager, every school holidays, I would go and work like five days a week doing shopping center shows. So I'd be, you know, the one in either the suit or the host singing and dancing, um, and entertaining kids, essentially, and I loved it. And so I've always kind of just had that in the back of my mind. Like one of my things that is like a to do is to be on play school. Like oh, I would love dream. to percent on play school. So it's always unashamedly, I like that's what I yes. would love to do. And then um, I was mates with Matt, and we were kind of like away on a Wayana family holiday because he had his daughter five days apart from us and I just found out through his partner she kind of like let it slip that Matt was secretly wanting to do kids music and I was like Matt (laughs) (laughs) that's a secret for Um, me yeah yeah um and then yeah we're second album in now and it's been such a fun thing to do because it's so different to making Mm. music as KLP because it's so silly Mm. and like you have to be really silly like there's no, when we sat down to do it, we were like, there's no element of cool here. Like you can't be cool with kids because <laughs> you could play this thing to kids and you think it's like this beat that you've like worked so hard on and then you play it to a kid and they're like, nope. <laughs> so you just you just have to kind of be so present and in the moment. So there's something so liberating about making that album and then this time around we also hit up like a bunch of other I guess cool muso friends that we know and you know when you hit them up and say oh it's a kids project you can hear they're a little you know unsure Mm. but as soon as we played them the songs or told them the ideas they all got on board so much so that we had to start turning people away at the end we were like we've got enough songs we've got enough songs um Yeah, so it's just been such a fun thing to do. We're hoping we can do some performances. We were meant to do some and then COVID, yeah. etc. et um, But, yeah, really hoping we can do some, um, like, diversity shows. Oh, my gosh. Well. And then the
1: Arias, I love that you were nominated in Best Dance but then also Best Children's. Like that's got to make yeah. you feel like a, like you've kind of made the right call. That's pretty sick. I feel like it was
0: just such a clear brand thing of who I am and what I do (laughs) the two extremes um yeah and again just leaning into it and being like yep I made a kid's album yep I can still make cool dance music
1: um that's great because there's such an authenticity in that that we don't often see in the music industry people you know they invent a persona or they lean into 10% of themselves and ignore the rest but you really have throughout this just stuck to your guns and been super, super authentic and leaned into what is really you, has that always been easy for you or was it a lesson learned or, is you know, because not everyone can do that? Yeah, I think there's a few things that have given
0: me that skill. The first would be I was signed to a pop group. I think we've talked about this before, but yeah. for anyone listening that wants the contact, I, I was signed to a pop group um, at age 13 or signed to Sony, um, and I had a few years traveling around Australia, you know, not going to school much and essentially being on, like, TV shows and performing, et cetera. And then that ended. So at 16 I had my first major, you know, thing end or it felt yeah. like a failure at the time. I now know that it's, it's not a failure because in this industry one thing ends and another thing, totally. ha- you know, begins. But I had to, at a really young age, pick myself up and I guess be thick-skinned and resilient. I think that helped. And then all my years of studying, um, acting, and doing all the kids shows and things made me not take myself too seriously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've just never been the cool kid, like never. It may not seem that way, but like I honestly have it never been. does cool that kid. way. I think you're so uh, cool, like <laughs> on the outside, like,
1: so cool.
0: Oh, no, I just never, I mean, I love that and I'll take it. But, (laughs) yeah, never been the cool kid, was always up there, like, willing to dress up as a character and, like, make a fool of myself. And then there's just been so many other little things that have, I guess, helped cement that. I mean, being on the radio,
1: you can't take yourself that seriously, especially with, like, the Triple J text line because people see through your bullshit and they'll call you out on it straight away.
0: Oh, yeah, and you have to just be not give a shit because, People are, like,
1: ruthless yeah. and brutal. Especially to women um, on the radio. It's like they yeah. feel like it's their job to tell you the truth about you, which is their truth. Yeah. It's so weird. And
0: I just got to a stage where I kind of just didn't care. I mm. mean, it sometimes affects me, but I think there's been, yeah, I guess a series of things like that that have made me, um, yeah, not not take things... I I take myself very seriously, but I don't take myself
1: seriously. But you're in an industry full of egos, like dance music especially, I think, you know, there's a lot of people in there that take themselves too seriously perhaps in a bad way and a very kind of this is my thing, this is my vibe, my persona. So do you find it hard to kind of like build a community that way or do you just find your people or your own little niche? Like what does that look like?
0: Yeah. You know, I try and find empathy in it and just like just find humor in it. And I definitely just have my own, um, you know, group of people that I've kind of built up around me. Um, It's great that I have a partner that is also in the industry. So, you know, Nick and I, I mean, he's my best friend. So that's like a pretty good, um, I guess, starting point for someone in the industry. And then there's yeah just some other little people that I've just worked with for a while that you kind of start to build up um relationships with I, again I just don't take it that seriously yeah, like great. I've been in so many different situations especially when you write music for other people too like the ego you would find in songwriting sessions with some people it used to intimidate me but now again I just go in and have fun with it
1: mm. it's funny for people that don't know because not everyone knows that you know, often someone like you would be set up with like a, a singer or an, another producer and a singer or whatever. Um, I don't need, obviously don't want names, but just give people an example of what that's like and how ego can come out in those sessions. Cause I imagine it there's yeah, times yeah, when yeah. you'd want to punch somebody.
0: Yeah. So basically when you're in a writing session, you would get paired up with people sometimes it's people you know and then a lot of the time it's people you just meet on the day so I've you know been overseas and I've done writing camps or you know you go overseas and spend like a week in um, Sweden and every day you just look up on your itinerary and you go to an address and you meet someone and it's like a blind date and you just go hi nice to meet you and you write a song with them sometimes it works and sometimes you like the person other times within two minutes you're like oh this person is a dickhead um (laughs) (laughs) and or you're just like this is not going to turn out well but you i remember someone said to me once you're bigger than one song Mm. and that always stays with me like don't be too precious about it so sometimes i'm just like yeah whatever i'll just write the song and move on um And so, yeah, you just have to not be too precious and have fun with it. And even if it's to a point where you go, everything that happened today just goes on my list of things I don't want to do again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lesson that I can take from it. Um, But some of the things they would do is just, yeah, being really showy and talking themselves up or. um, Which as an Aussie is just so
1: anti what we're about, like. I find yeah. that in America when yes. I go to work in America and people are so on the front foot about their accomplishments and we're just so not like that, that you're yeah. like, this is so awkward. Like, good on you, are yeah. backing yourself, but chill.
0: Yeah, the first few writing sessions I did in America on one of the like writing trips I did, I remember going into a session and this person who, I mean, there are people who have still done nothing, but they're so good at talking themselves up. They would go on about everything they've done, and I'd just be there, like, Oh God, I've done nothing. I've done nothing. They didn't know who I am. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But, yeah, again, I've now done that so many times. I could walk into that situation mm-hmm. again and be like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, let's see what will, what will come out of it.
1: And I love that, that idea of like, well, today I could see today as a total failure, but I'll just put it on my list of lessons or things I don't want to do. You can take that into yeah. motherhood because there are so many times where you completely just cock something up. And you could get stuck in that and go, oh, but or you just go, all right, it's a lesson learned. I know for next time I'm going to know better next time and not take this too seriously. Because I think we can get so caught up in the idea that we have to be the perfect parents and we take yeah. this too seriously and we have to get it right every time. But that's impossible.
0: It's so impossible. And there are so many times that, yeah, you, you make a wrong decision or you, you're just learning as you go. Yeah. And you forget that they're little people um especially what, like with personalities especially yeah. once they get to you know two and so you're negotiating with this little person that sees the world very differently to you and yeah it's a it's a real um it's a real challenge and I'm constantly still googling things mm. like how to deal with this and how it to deal me with me
1: feel that. Better that you're still googling things I googled oh, does yeah. my newborn hate me Because I was convinced that he, like, literally was, like, he wasn't looking at me. I imagine that when we breastfed he would look up into my eyes and it would be this bond. But, of course, no one told me that that doesn't really happen for a while. And at first they're just a blob and they will just feed. So I thought, oh, no, we haven't bonded. But then turns out a lot of other people have also Googled does my newborn hate me. That was like, okay. And now he's smiling at you. So oh, it feels, feels and so I know good. that the smile has nothing to do with me and everything to do with like him being milk drunk or burping, whatever. But I'm taking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my win. Yeah. I mean, once you get to toddler age,
0: you'll have them. I swear, todd- like, toddlers are psychopaths because <laughs> one minute they're the most oh they're just so beautiful and you have these conversations with them and like they cut like it's amazing and you're like oh I love you so much and then the next minute they'll do something and you'll be on the verge it's just
1: insane is my toddler a psychopath
0: yeah, honestly, but then you talk to other parents, and you know they're all doing the same crazy yeah. stuff, and you're like, okay, my, we kid, cool. my kid is normal level <laughs> psycho.
1: <laughs> so, lastly, for people listening, someone listening, perhaps especially they're in a creative industry or maybe an industry where they're not seeing a lot of other women doing what you're doing. I know there's no hard and fast advice that works for everybody, but what would the KLP word of wisdom be, if it was your last words to impart with this person as they try and kind of get into that zone of life? Because a lot of people listen to this podcast who are like a year away from trying or at that yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, thinking about it stage. I
0: think that I would say be really kind to yourself um, but also give yourself permission to ask or curate the type of life that you want to have um, with your kids or your partner. So, you know, don't be afraid to speak up and and, and ask for things um, and try things out and, um,
1: yeah. I love that. It can look different for everybody. You can make it look however you want it to look.
0: Yeah, you can honestly, and there are some people that I talk to, friends or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, but that's just not what we do or I don't know if I can say that and I'd be like fuck it just ask you know like just just ask um we give so much of ourselves as um parents and especially mothers and it's I'm a way better mother when I do things for myself Mm. um and I think I'm a better role model as well when I do stand up for things um or take time out for myself um because, I mean, I see my daughter doing the same thing and sometimes it's a pain in the ass because she'll stand up for herself against me. <laughs> <laughs> so in some ways I'm like, damn, this is this is annoying. But in other ways I'm like, well, this is actually the type of, you know, person yeah. that I hope that you'll be. I hope oh, yeah. that you'll be able to stand up for yourself and not feel afraid to speak out and, you know, yes. ask for the type of, Ask for the type of life that you um, deep down deserve.
1: Yeah, and it goes against that bullshit thing that we're all, whether we want to admit it or not, has been drilled into us that the best thing you can be as a mother is selfless. And I think that's just such a lie that really holds us back and means that we don't live our best life because we think, well, if the the best mother puts the kids first always. And, yes, 99% of the time, of course, we will put the kids first and we have to, but there has to be an example whereby they see mum standing up for herself, doing what she needs to do, you know, I think that's so important and beautiful and and we don't talk about it enough that 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 selflessness shouldn't be the be-all and end-all.
0: Yeah, and I think you need to be happy and I Mm. want my daughters to be able to see and recognise whatever they need to do to be happy. And I'm not afraid to say that I need to do these certain things, as well as being a mum and as fulfilling as that is, I need to do these other things in order to feel as complete as I can, you know, be myself. I want them to be able to do the same things. And, you know, you don't always get it right and I'm not always happy all the time and I'm always figuring it out and it changes as the world changes and Mm. they get older and Nick changes. But... I'm always going to keep asking and I'm always going to keep trying to get to that as as much as I can be complete yeah. version of myself. And I just I want them to see that and I want them to be able to do the same.
1: Love it. KLP, no one listening could <laughs> see the fist pump I just did because I made such <laughs> a hardcore agreement with you. I love that, and a lot of people listening. We're going to take a lot out of that chat. So thank you for making time, and give my love to Nick and Sienna oh, and Monty. Thank, and thank you. you for being our fairy godmother on the pregnancy journey. On behalf of Violet oh. and I, thank you for being our gal. Yeah, thank
0: you so much. Honestly, like it's so cool just seeing you do what you do. It's so couple of Cool
1: moms. We're just a couple <laughs> of cool moms. We're not regular moms. We're cool moms. All, moms. all moms are cool. If you're listening, we're all cool. Well, that's it for episode nine. I absolutely love my chat with KLP. I love at the end her talking about as women standing up, asking for what we need and letting our kids see us put ourselves first sometimes. I think that's so powerful. God, I love her so much. Next week we're keeping it in the music space and chatting with half of sneaky sound system, Connie Mitchell. This woman is absolutely insane in the best way possible. So buckle in. Today's episode is brought to you by thememo.com.au. Feel good, expect joy. If you like today's episode and want to support the project, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review. But more importantly, I want to hear from you. You can shoot me an email anytime, hello at ash.london. Big love, guys.